This is Jim, and welcome to Second Chance Moped Podcast. And welcome everybody to another week of Second Chance of Moped Podcast. It's get her still seven more inches. Get really tireless crap. Okay, I had to scream because, oh, you guys, like, at least I'm getting the sun now because I look like a goddamn ghost and it just, yeah, I get to see the sun a little bit. I got out my shop and I just went live because I'll do that every once in a while, just like, you know, whatever. And it was good to have uh, Mark and Sam on, uh, Mark from Raleigh and Sam from uh, Sam, uh, Baker's Dozen. Uh, it was good just kind of bullshit with those guys. And, like, I kind of just said, I'm going to end this as soon as I get to Mountain Attire. And, like, we all kind of sat on, like, BS. It was, it's nice. You know, that's – if there's a benefit, quote, unquote, like, with bunny ears benefit from, like um, – covid like it seems like people who you we can it's brought the world closer together in a digital way if that makes sense to anybody like which is cool i ish i think whatever i don't know um i start cylinder prep on my baker's dozen and for some reason i had i gotta do a better inventory of my shit because i had a cylinder i forgot about and um it's a little out around so like i had to kind of sand some stuff around the ports and even hone nickel cell which made me very fucking nervous but you know i got the piss i got the piston drop so that'll be a backup to a backup to a backup to a backup cylinder yay um what else what else what else what else oh i started something and a few people had suggested to me uh throughout the years of me doing this like i'm bad at getting out merch jason's awesome about that stuff um maybe i'll do merch again maybe i won't um i was on moped army and i saw that little thing that we all see like if you like this website buy me a cup of coffee it's five dollar donations what it is whatever and i'm like you know what that's an easy way for um me to like just generate a little revenue because guess what this isn't free you guys this cost me about 35 40 bucks a month to do between the zoom and the hosting service and which is you know what's 40 bucks a month well okay and i agree with you but like do figure that out for the year figure that out for two years and going on three years like you know i just figure i it was a little litmus test to see if people wanted to support the show i'm only going to do it for a month i'm not going to do subscription deal so like if you go on Second Chance, uh, the Facebook page or the group, you'll see a link to it. If you go on our uh, Instagram page, there's a there's a link to it there, and that's it. Like some people have given a little more, and that's awesome. But like it's five bucks, so you know, yeah. Thank you for everybody who has supported so far, and I'm just gonna do it for a month, and that's it. And hopefully, you know, wall to wall maps. You know, there you go, Jack. Uh, <laughs> But here on Second Chance Moped Podcast, I've gotten very lucky. And this, I don't know, I, I don't think this had anything, me and this individual had honestly nothing to do with the show. Um, I met him uh, a couple of years ago when I won that motorbicane uh, from the Zeros. He was at the camping trip. Um, had uh, FA50, I think, that was yeah. just slowly falling apart on the ride, but he made it. 
So that's all that matters. Like he made it. And it was just a fun, it was a fun ride. I got to know him just a tiny bit, him and his wife. Yeah. But like, it was, that was just a fun weekend. And we, I don't know how the hell I'm going to manage it, but like, I would like to do, I'd like to do that KMR, uh, meet in the middle ride again. If it happens, I heard it got postponed last year. Cause everybody just got busy. Uh, you know, riding Michigan's awesome. Anyways, I'm just gonna have my guest introduce himself. Why don't you, why don't you introduce yourself, good sir? Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm I'm Reno Lavoy. I'm a, a member of the Toledo Zeros. Uh, I've been in and out of the scene for I don't know, 11, 10 years, something like that. Uh, I got in when the zeros were, I don't know, a, a four man group. It was, uh, Dave Lewinsky, Chris Karsten, Andy Scouten, and Cody Frush. Right on. All right. Reno. So here on second chance moped podcast, we go through people's moped journey. I eat the very first time they ever saw a moped to, you know, you know, we talk about the smile ride, mill part and what it's like to date. So Reno what was the very first memory you ever have of seeing a moped, not necessarily getting on, well, like you can conceptually remember that was a moped. Uh, so I was, I think I was 10 and, uh, I, I saved and saved and saved from shoveling driveways and bowing grass and shit. I gave my mom 200 bucks and she was like, you know what? I got a guy, he's got a bike. It takes a little while to start, but you know, it, it'll be fine. You know? For, for something to cruise around the neighborhood on. So she bought me this puke green Indian. Nice. It wasn't a good first experience. Dude, I love people who tell me their first bikes were Indians. Friction drive or not. And I'm guessing this is a four-cylinder. Yeah, it, it was a it was a four-stroke. Okay. And did it have the spoke wheels or did it have the mags that some people like? Uh it had the spoke wheels. I mean it I was, was probably the most the, some of those bikes are kind of attractive. It was probably the most butt-ass, ugly-looking one you could find. <laughs> I will give... I don't hate on Indians for the most... I. This is me, and I'm just going to interject this. I am not a fan of snowflakes. And, like, people really enjoy the Indian snowflakes, and that's awesome. Like, some, that's the one thing. But Matty Bo right now has a white Indian down at conan's place and i i dig the looks of that white indian no they're definitely pretty bikes mm -hmm. um, very underrated the, of their styling very underrated i'll say that though i'm not the biggest fan of snowflakes myself but man you got to admit like a, a tricked out clean looking bike with a set of mags on it like they just look great yeah they can be done right. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm waiting for somebody to really do them right and do smoking the bandit, like black wheels with like gold striping on the snowflake. <laughs> I am never going to be that person, but let's see somebody fucking do it. Okay. If you're going to do snowflakes, fucking do snowflakes. All right. There's my rant on that. But yeah, yeah. So you got that Indian. It kind of, where did, and what town, where were you, where were you in the world at this point? Um, I, by this point, my family had moved to Lambertville. Um, I was, that I was in Ohio. Born, uh, no, that's in Michigan. It's just over okay. the border. It might as well be Ohio. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was 
I think in fifth grade when I got it, like just freshly in the fifth grade. Uh, I, I rode it around for a while, but the fucking thing took like 25 minutes to get started. <laughs> <laughs> and it did. And being in, even since you're near the border, there wasn't a lot of hills to bump start it for you, was there? Not tremendously so. Um, I just pedaled and pedaled and pedaled and pedaled until it would finally catch. And what, I mean, once it caught, it was fine. It yeah. probably did 20 miles an hour to a, to a 10 year old. It felt like 50. Dude, that's flying. What are you talking about? Like, yeah. Stock <laughs> moped, 20 mile an hour, fucking rock and roll, dude. Yeah. You're 10. You're mobile. I mean, you thank God you weren't like 30. You'd probably have a heart attack trying to pedal start that bike now. <laughs> Well, sadly, I uh, I'm a jank runner. You know, I'll fix certain things, but if it's not go fast most of the time, I'll just live with bump starting, or you know, yeah. you lose your center stand with some circuit pipes. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so you got that Indian? What what was that like? How long did you ride that for? And blah blah blah. Uh, I bet you I rode that for probably six months until, uh, my dad and I both decided that this really wasn't the right route to go down. You know, at the time there was almost no avenue to get parts for it. It was already extremely old. It was very, very worn out when I got it. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't, uh, I, I didn't make it too long on it. And honestly, there wasn't very many places I could go with it. No. I imagine because, like, all it takes is one asshole cop to fuck with a 15-year-old on something motorized. Yeah, so so that didn't last long, and I didn't get back on uh, two wheels until I was 14, and I had an endorsement. I had a Zuma for a really long time. Uh, I mean, well on into being 17. I could have gotten a car. I did have a car, but... It was just so much easier to fire that thing up and go, and it cost me no money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Zuma. Yeah, dude, that would have been rad as fuck to have a Zuma, fourteen year old, little pep, little speed. Oh, it was baller. A little, little, uh, variated. I think they got the Minarelli motor on those. I mean, it was there was nothing wrong with it. It it did just fine. Mm-hmm. My friends would all kind of make fun of me. But that, that didn't last for a terrible amount of time as soon as they started to realize, like, oh, wait a minute, Lavoie's the only one who can get to the party. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's a, like, I, I would have been jealous as fuck of you. Even like, yeah, dude, that would have been rad as shit. But I'm, I'm a dork like that. Um, so how long, how long did you ride that around then for? Probably about three years. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I sold it for damn near what I paid for it. Uh, I don't know if they were in demand at the time, but uh fella paid $1,400 for it when I got rid of it. Nice, dude. I got it for just a shade over 14. I think it was like $1,499. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's rad. Uh, you always love those deals where you can like come out clean on them, if you will. And even so if you lost 20 bucks, like, you got to have a sh- you got a lot more twenty dollar fun out of it. Um, so how long? You, I know you said there's some starts and stops in your story. Like, so when did you pick back up then? Um, so uh, I hung out with the zeros for probably two or three years. 
And then I'm not a hundred percent sure how it happened. I had this like roadkill looking burgundy maxi. It had a lot of parts on it. Uh, so only somebody who knew better would have seen like, oh, this is this is a bike that has parts. It didn't even run at the time. Uh, I don't I'll never know what had happened to it because I, I never got a chance to repair it. But somebody stole it from our shop and it sat next to a bunch of other clean looking running bikes. <laughs> so right then and there, I was kind of like, you know, fuck this. I put a lot of money and time into that thing. I'm just going to get out of the hobby. And it wasn't two, three years from there. You know, I probably got out around 2012, 2013. By 2015, I was, I bought a bike from Adam Nail, um, my white poop maxi. Uh, I still have that bike, still absolutely adore it. I bought a, a couple of bikes from Chris Carson at the time. I got a, a yellow maxi and a kinetic. And then I slowly started putting the feelers back out and getting back into it. Simon Early was kind of like my confidant at the time. Now that was like the Simon needed... that kind of felt that kind of shaped Andy's um, early moped days, correct? The... Yeah, yeah. Simon kind of, as far as I know, you know, I don't know the exact story, but that's you'll hear Andy say that. You know, Simon kind of helped him get started and helped him with a lot of information and that was basically why i went to simon because he was so friendly with the zeros and he and i had some rapport mm -hmm. so if i had questions if i needed help i just kind of shot him a message and he was always very very forthcoming with information i mean even helping me out with stupid shit like when i didn't know how uh, a multi-circuit carb worked you know he he got in there and explained it to me when he could have just been like hey dumbass go do a google search real quick it's mm -hmm. not hard yeah, yeah um let's let's back up a bit how did you find out about the zeros like and i know this was infancy like probably shop 1.0 or 0.05 or whatever like how do you how do you like obviously you're living in toledo at the time all right so the story of how i met the zeros is, is short but it's funny um I, uh, a friend of mine got me a job working at a print house when I was living in Monroe. I was driving a high low. I fucking hated my life. I was working on third shift. Uh, and he was like, Hey dude, I got a first shift job for you running uh, a billboard printer. And I was like, all right, you know, I'll take that. So he also was kind enough to get me an apartment in the building he was staying in. Nice. Well, his dad was good friends with John Scouten, Andy's father. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, the building was at the OG shop. It was literally the apartment building. The shop was right outside of. It was the garage that belonged yeah, yeah. to that building. Okay. <laughs> so slowly over time, just living next to him and watching him wrench, I kind of rubbed elbows with him a little bit. Uh, you know, I come from building cars and shit. So I was kind of looking at what they were doing with some intrigue, but mm -hmm. I even had the silly car guy's opinion of mopeds. Like, eh, that oh. seems like a stupid thing to spend your money on. Yeah. Well, well when you got I, no I money and you want to turn a wrench, it's the best thing to, yeah. Precisely. I got real tired and real broke of taking $10,000 $10, cars to a track 
throwing third gear out the side of the bell housing and being like, okay, I can afford to be back here in five years. That'll be nice. Yeah. yeah. But no. I, I got in and I figured out that, I mean, they were serious about wrenching. It wasn't, they weren't just doing little boltons and horse shit. They were rebuilding motors. They, they were trying to understand how they worked. And I don't know, just everybody's charisma, uh, kind of delighted me and uh just the the idea that oh, okay i can fully build something that is impressive for what it is for sub a grand mm-hmm. I, you can't argue with that and that reson that whole um attitude resonates throughout the zero just like how welcoming they are to this day i will say that like just how inclusive they are and how fucking rad of a group they are and that includes yourself um and i'm just saying like from day one to now and everybody and it's the it's the fun group um so you you got you got that maxi you said you spent a bunch of money on it parts got stole bike got stolen um you said f it how did you, what made you kind of get back in then? All right. So and I got, did you ever actually get to a rally in your first, first days of mopeds? Oh yeah. I was at the guns last rally. Probably still my favorite rally of all time. Uh, well, I, I don't think let's, let's talk about two things. I love to talk about your first group ride and your first rally experience. So my first group ride was, I think, a wintertime ride, uh, mm-hmm. which I was not thrilled about at the time. <laughs> and we we all wrecked, like, one after the other. Beautiful. Uh, so it, it was a fun, a, a fun way to break in. But my very first rally was the Guns uh, final rally. Mm-hmm. I hear nothing um, about rad stuff about the Guns rallies. But, you know, that's, yeah. It was it was absolutely killer. Um, they took us on this just beautiful route through Ann Arbor. Uh, we landed at the eight ball. Uh, that was fun. I, you know, I'm a pool player. That's that's my kind of bar. There was live music there. I mean, it it was just they hit all the right beats. Mm-hmm. Um, and the I was tripping my nuts off on the ride. So like a <laughs> nighttime ride through ann arbor i mean that was that was spectacular (laughs) beautiful i love it (laughs) um that that first night i remember yeah that first nighttime rally ride is always it's it's if you don't break down it's the fucking greatest experience ever um so you did that you did that stuff you kind of got jaded we'll say after your bike got stolen, you just kind of walked away or what, what all, what all entailed with that? So my wife and I took over her mother's restaurant in flat rock, uh, Cape kitchen. Mm-hmm. And we just packed up our shit and moved to flat rock. Uh, I was gone for three years. So ish years, you know, the longer it, the longer it is, the more the, time is hazy yeah i slowly started to get back into things i was wrenching on my own bikes uh while we lived up there at a little shop in my garage um 
And then I kind of rediscovered everybody. I, I had a Honda Spree that I loved. I, I still love Sprees to this day. Uh, people ask a lot of money for them, but I know why, because they're just delightful bikes to ride. Uh, I got pulled over on my Spree. Nice. I was like, fuck, dude. And, you know, I'm, I look the way I do. I've got a beard and, and long hair. You look homeless. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. I'm dressed like a scarecrow. <laughs> so the cops are like, this guy doesn't have ID. They, they must have asked me three or four times if I had ID. And finally, the, the guy in charge is like, well, you're going to get it out? Like, nobody asked me to. You just asked me if I had the shit. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of smarting off and being a dick and the guy is looking at me he's like you don't have your fucking glasses on do you i could pop you for that right now we, we, we could tow your bike we could impound that shit i'm like you know as long as you and i can both admit that all you're doing is hassling me and we're not really serving any justice here then yeah sure you can go ahead and do all of that you want me to grab the other end of my bike are you gonna are we gonna throw it in the back of the cruiser like the guy's like getting real sore with me and I'm like man you're not even really inconveniencing me they do impound lot by day by weight this bike weighs 150 pounds i'm gonna walk to work which is a quarter mile from here and then i'm gonna pick up my bike and ride it away with no registration and it's gonna mm -hmm. cost dollar <laughs> fifty <laughs> like you're really not getting me here yeah so eventually yeah, yeah. they let me go but when I moved back to Toledo with it, I decided that I would rather just sell out of it and uh, get another moped. And Andy commented on the, the Facebook Marketplace post I made. Mm -hmm. So then he and I started talking again, and they, they were out on South Avenue in Toledo, and he told me to come out. So I did, and I just kind of never left. Yeah, it's the conversation that picked up three years later. I, basically, I mean, it, it isn't any more complicated than that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, which shop was that? Was that the Beale Street shop, or I, God damn it, I know too much about you guys. No, this was in between the OG shop and Beale. I don't okay. know when they rented the the South shop, but we were there for a couple of years uh, mm -hmm. while I was a prospect before we moved to the Beale shop. Or like a year, year and a half, somewhere in that area. Mm -hmm. And um, you've never, I've never really pinned it down. Like, what is your bike? Everybody's got their bike. Like I'm saying brand wise, like me, obviously I'm a Honda guy, but like, what would, if I've got to nail you down, you got to ride one brand for the rest of your life. What's it going to be? Well, it's, it's a brand and a specific bike. I love Vespa. I okay. absolutely we love them uh motors are very simple transmissions are very simple it's a bike you can get a haynes manual for coming from working <laughs> on cars it's nice yeah. to have something like that yeah um but chows i think almost every other vespa looks frumpy as shit chows are just so sexy they just have such a nice look to them you know i got two of my sudden ports right oh yeah yeah, dude, I fucking, I, that's why I'm trying to get my Baker shit done. Cause like, I just looked at the calendars, like 80 some days. I'm like, oh, fuck, I gotta go. Like I've, I'm going to get both of those going this year, but yeah, we'll, we'll, I talk big now it's winter time. 
Uh, yeah, dude, Chows are sexy. Like I will say that they, yeah, they're absolutely beautiful. Uh, and I have a Chow Supreme with boxes, uh, the battery, the manual, the toolkit. I got it from some Harley guy who used to ride it around a campground. Um, it, it's by far my favorite bike. And, it, you know, there's nothing special to it. Like, I haven't done any big money Vespa. Like, I, you know, I'm not building depth bikes or anything. Mm-hmm. I got a, a 70 DR on it. It's built on a, it's rebuilt on a stock crank, rebuilt uh, single speed transmission. Uh, it's got a Polini top one and a 13 shot. I mean, there is not one single thing that's special about it. I just, I love them. There's something about it. What is it? What's that combination do for speed then? Cause like, that's, I kind of want to make a 40, 45 mile an hour. Like, I don't know what Chow, single speed Chow speeds are. Like I am, I, I know my stalker before it ate a seal was doing like a terrifying 24 miles an hour. Um, that bike will do 45 ish. Dude, mean, that's if beautiful. Bit, if you got a little bit of distance, but you know, it the single speed Vespas do not have the takeoff that you want. No. no. So sometimes you're waiting for it for a little bit, but I mean, it'll pull my big ass up the hill just fine. Yeah. Dude, no, those are, I I got some plans, but like yeah, I want to get I want to get both my Vespas going. Like my red one, I'm going to have to I think I'm going to butcher up a little bit, put the put a crossbar in it just cuz I get so nervous as soon as you start putting speed on those things. Like I don't know. Um, oh definitely um a huge quality of life upgrade <laughs> i put ebrs on the front of mine and a kinetic front wheel just just i hate those cantilever forks they're so bad when when you hit the brakes they lift you up it feels like <laughs> <a crash. laughs> this is okay so that's why i know tyler christmas made a comment on that red one he's like you got the good forks because i have the base models like where they're, it's all rigid. I don't have cantilever forks on either one of my Vespas. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'll still probably do EBRs because I did get some four-spoke Megs uh, out of dose for my. I was gonna put it on the yellow one, but like I'm gonna keep that stock, like just stock as stock can be. And the red one, since I got that this year, I'll go nuts with that. Um, what now? I don't, did you know, were you and Lexus, uh, going out, married, whatever, before you got into mopeds or cause your guys' stories intertwined. Definitely. You already mentioned her and I love you guys both. Like you mentioned her, like you went and managed, ran her mom's restaurant for a few years. Um, but like, how did she kind of start to intertwine in your moped story? Well, when I met her, um, I was just getting out of a relationship. Uh, I was in like, uh, I don't know, when, when right when I came back to Toledo, the same friend who hooked me up with a job in an apartment also hooked me up with a chick that I had dated when I was in high school. Well, you know, six or eight months went on and I was like, okay, uh, we're not getting any closer. Nothing's really happening. Uh, something going on. Well, it it turns out she came out as gay, which is uh, fine. Yeah, but, you but know, still, 
we, we didn't have to do this whole half a year pretend relationship for it. So I was just, I was at my wits end. Oh, dude, and- I can't imagine like, and again, there's no, not a big, not a, that's awesome that for that person, but for you and your psyche, dude, like it, it, it fuck with me. I'd say that much. I, I'm a repugnant, awful, hedonistic person, Jim. So <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if it was my fault. But at, the, at the same token, I was, it, it didn't really hurt my pride or anything. I was okay. just like, man, that's a lot of wasted time. <laughs> I love it. So uh, I met Alexis at a party a few years prior. Um, and actually I got with her best friend. <laughs> And her best friend talked a lot of shit about her and said she was a whore and all that. And I, I don't know what possessed me, but one day I was like, I just messaged her on Facebook and uh, we started hanging out. And then things kind of led to things and she just became uh, a regular feature of my life. Well, uh, if I know you, like, I think I know you, that wasn't a deterrent. What her best friend said, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair, that's love fair. Alexis. Uh, but so like, did she get in? Uh, what, what was she, what was like? Cause she's definitely fucking rad as hell. Definitely likes a ride. Like what, like, how did that, how, like, what was her initial thoughts? And like, I'm not saying speak for your wife, but like, how did that, intertwine with the relationship i think it, I'm, I'm gonna have her on someday don't worry but like well she loved uh she loved hanging out with us um she was kind of a regular feature for a little while and she, at first she didn't really have like a tremendous interest in wrenching but she mm-hmm. liked having a bike so i had like a, a kinetic set up for her and she loved that thing and rode it all over hell And then, you know, like I said, we left for a time when I came back and uh, started to go about prospecting again and became a member. She really picked up on that and got in, started wrenching, started buying bikes. Um, And I mean, really got deep in it right off the right off the rip. I mean, the, the first bike that she built was a Tomos Targa. And she did the street mate swap on the rear end. And I mean, rebuilt the motor, set up the wiring, did the cabling, did the rear end for the most part herself. Yeah. I had to well, step I mean, in. Anybody like, especially your first time doing anything, it doesn't matter. Like you're probably going to need a little help no matter what. Like yeah. definitely. But I mean, she, she was in a lot deeper right off the bat than even I was when I got in, you know, with some, with some experience wrenching, not necessarily mm-hmm. our mopeds, but you know, I've, I've, yeah. I've built plenty of cars. It's all relative after a while. Yeah, exactly. She was even getting to the point, like she re uh, cork lined her clutches and shit. And that would have been yeah. something that would have in- intimidated me at first. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely um so you guys you get you move back you're getting into the zeros like what's your um ride what's your ride life like what's your rally life like at this point and what year is this i mean we haven't really touched too much on the years 
Um, so I think I really started to get more involved again, uh, like late 2015, early 2016. And uh, my wife and I were building and living in a tiny house at the time. So we were pretty much flat broke all the time. <clears throat> I, I survived on the the generosity of the people in our club people willing to either lend me a part or throw me a, a lower end um, performance part that they had until I got into machine trades and I could fund my own projects but uh yeah we were we were pretty heavily involved at the south shop we were pretty much going to anything other people were going to or that we could make it to mm -hmm. um i had a brief stint where really all i could do was wrench so and from like 2017 to 2019 i went to some events but i was working fifth shift what's a fifth shift that's a, is that that fucking Ohio bullshit shift? <laughs> 3.13, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights. Oh, oh like the worst. Uh, it, it killed my social life. It really kind of put me in a bad place. Yeah. I was making tons of money, but I, all I could really do was like wrench by myself during mm -hmm. the week. Um, it... Are you there, bud? Phone's ringing there, dude. It just buzzed. It's all right. It was a text. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I fought and fought and fought at that job. And around 2019-ish, I, I got back on uh, first shift. And from, from there, things kind of just took off. And then the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was out of events again for for quite some time. During well, that you guys, time. you guys had an interesting transition overall in um, the club, and with how tight knit you guys are with some other clubs. Like, hey, you guys got the shop, and what was your what was your feelings on that? Like, um, the zeros uh, purchasing a building. Um, you know, we we split everything up and and try to keep things fair. Um, even though Andy and Sarah are the official owners of the building, the occupants are the Zeros LLC, so we split everything. I, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, I didn't mean to say, like, maybe I worded that wrong. Like, what did you think when the conversation happened? Like, were you excited, or, like, nervous, trepidation? Like, what was it? What was your kind of thought process behind that? Because I think it's rad as fuck. Like, you know. I, I've had this conversation with people like if I was ever in a community that had a shop, I would probably never have a bike there, but I would be willing to support it financially if that's what it took. Cause like, I don't work. I don't, I get too fucking ADD dude. Like I can't work around people. Dude, you're not fucking kidding. Uh, Andy absolutely hates it that I do this, but I do the same thing. I keep everything at home except for one wrencher and one rider up at the shop. Mm -hmm. um, I, I prefer the comfort and quiet of my garage because, you know, when all my vices and all my friends and all the distractions are present, I don't even want to work on a bike. I just want to yeah. see everybody. Yeah, yeah. 
But as far as like funding the building and stuff, uh, when we decided to buy a building, I was kind of excited because mm -hmm. we had been under plenty of slumlords in the past. And it's just, it's one thing after the other. They, they come at us, you know, after six months and be like, hey, we mischarged you for utilities. You guys owe $1,000. And then we'd have to dick around with that for a month until it's like, well, you breached the lease contract because you're supposed to provide us with a, a bill every month. And for the last six months, you haven't done that. <clears throat> so all the renting situations we had were just an absolute nightmare. Yeah. And, then and like that, that's the thing about it. Like I, you're always at the mercy of a landlord. And like the the final straw was when we had a Beale property and that was just I remember the fire marshal walked through, through one time we had, a, we had a fire inspection and he he didn't make it 15 feet into the bay door <laughs> and he looked around and he's like oh fuck no no absolutely not shut mm -hmm. it down right now now we had to deal with that because I mean they were just taking like flex pipe hooking it right up to uh, the steel vent pipes and then like piping it around an I-beam until they could get it out a window. And that was their idea of venting. <laughs> love it. I love it. Um, so yeah, dude, like, and I saw, some, and that was, I, I saw some of the pictures of the move, man, you guys, you guys had a hell of a time, but you guys had like, how long did you guys did that basically in a weekend wasn't it like moving or <clears throat> yeah we just uh we got together every day and we didn't stop uh we wanted to get it done as fast as possible uh that that would be the cheapest way of doing it we'd have the u-haul for the least amount of time um everybody pulled their their cars all the resources that we had and we just kind of made it happen and that added up to our second wintertime moves <laughs> <laughs> that's great i love it um and you guys have really in the time i've seen the few times i've been there like you guys are really growing into it more and more um i love I love that hams you keep drinking. That's uh, I live two blocks or maybe three blocks from the original Hams Brewery in St. Paul, Minnesota. So, oh, that's badass. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's not there any like Hams isn't brewed there anymore, but they have a hell of a pizza joint inside, and yeah, it's pretty cool to check out the old stuff there. Um, so like, pandemic happened. Uh, you guys were able to get together with a few different groups here and there, which is awesome. Uh, that was one of the benefits to being in a club at that time, especially like you guys. That's I'm so jealous of you guys because you're within 12 hours from anything. You know what I'm saying? Like you can get to Richmond in 12 hours. You can get to New York probably somewhere around there. You can get to Kalamazoo in a couple hours. Like Detroit's 45 minutes away. Um, with that being said, like is it hard to pick and choose rallies in the summertime? Um, <clears throat> you're yes 10 and, and a half no. hours from Minnesota. I mean, whatever. <laughs> y yes and no. Um, I am not a well-traveled person. Um, I've been concentrated in my area of the Midwest for most of my life. 
the uh, daggers rally was the the furthest I've ever gone for an event. Mm-hmm. So that was that was new for me. I have made it more my mission, or at least over the last few years, to to go to the the local events and and keep up with the people who are very close by, and to to somewhat uh, somewhat to my detriment. You know, I, I have a hard time warming up to people and I don't trust people very easily. But over the years, you know, I, I've met like the Bostonites, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Mars and, and Kelly and Zach and Sika and uh I, I've I've reached out and and made great friends that were further away. I mean Pittsburgh's not quite as far away, but uh Alex and Sarah Beerheller, Emmett, uh Frank Bailey. Yeah. You know, I, I consider those people my close friends. And if I would have branched out a little bit sooner, I I probably could have spent more time with them. But just I I hesitate to travel. Every air airport experience i've ever had has just been an absolute fucking nightmare (laughs) i'm telling you airport security does not want to see me walking through i've never gone through security and not been pulled over in the secondary so they can look at my shit (laughs) i always have to tell them left hip because like they're like oh it won't show up i'm like yeah and then we go through the thing. I'm like, what's all that right there? Oh, uh, I go, yeah, that's my fucking steel plate. Yeah, dude, I've had to deal with it. But it's just like, you know, whatever. You seem pretty lax enough to not to, like, try to make make a, too much of a deal out of it. So it's like, you get through it, dude. Like, um, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a, I'm a fucking asshole about it every time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm such a, like, just pacifist when it comes to airport security because like i'm not gonna win like i i just kind of have that deal about it like these people are getting paid the minimum amount they to be there and like but they have to i don't know i i go back and forth with it um so with that all being said um what are your 2023 uh, moped plans um really with the with the job that I have now I can pretty much do whatever I like. Um unfortunately this coming year the rally that I want to go to the most is uh it seems like it's not going to be on the schedule so I'm kind of hoping for it for next year. I really wanted to do rally of the corn and we've had this conversation and I'll say this. Yeah. I'll say this. There's a way better riding in Minnesota than Nebraska. Way better. Way You know, a lot better. of people a lot of people have told me that like I grew up in in a farm town. I live I live right over the border from it. I still my favorite riding is just heading out there, taking picking a long country road and riding by the corn. Like it But just see makes the beautiful happy. thing about it is I know the route or most of it. You'll see that. Like that's the thing about it. Like there will be, I I can't talk, like, the route I took with Jake Kane, like, I think he's going to be leading the Saturday ride. Like, yeah, you'll see, like, horse fields and pastures and some cornfields, and, like, it, it's, it's fucking rad. Like, I, I think for the western suburbs and the western side of uh, Minneapolis, it's going to be 
absolutely awesome. Like, I will say that. You know, it sounds great. I, I definitely plan to make it. Um, and I, I know, I like, say... I'm not trying to pressure any of the Zeros to show up because you guys have your rally the weekend before. You'll probably be fucking burnt out. Ah, I... I have I have every weekend off, you know. It's, it's just another drive to another place for more riding. I'm I'm always down for that, uh, especially yeah. if I can make the time. Uh, the big one this year, though, is going to be Acadia. Um, everybody sings the praises of this event. Um, it's very highly regarded. Uh, I was invited. I I feel so lucky to know some of the people who are putting mm-hmm. on the event. Uh, and, and have access to their resources to make my my trip cheaper and easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm fucking super pumped to to do that. Um, I don't know if you've met Mar or Fred yet. Um, did if he didn't pass through, like you will enjoy Fred. You two are birds of the same feather, I believe. Like, yeah. <laughs> You guys, you guys will get along. Like I love Fred to death. Like, um, yeah, I wish I could go to Acadia. I had to, I, I, I'm going to get there, you know, one year, hopefully. Um, I chose New York this year. I chose a good love jet rally and then, yeah, but you know, dude, like I'm excited. I'm excited for all the stuff coming on this year. I'm excited for, uh moped brothers i'm assuming you and all the zeros will be out at that one so a lot of again a lot of the rallies are going to be weekend i mean they're all going to be weekend events but (laughs) i'm just kind of tagging with anytime i see a big group or i know a bunch of us are going to go i'll uh i'll take off and join the only ones that I know for sure, like obviously the the decons moped barbecue is coming up. I'm really pumped to do that. I've never done it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've never done any of the decons things, and I've I've hung out with Dave B for years. Love Dave, great guy. Uh, D- Dave is is kooky in all the right ways, mm-hmm. and I wish that he lived closer to me because I feel like he and I would uh, see each other more. I instantly liked Dave right away. Like I don't know, like Dave's a good, good, good chap. Um, and I'll say this: like I can understand why Kalamazoo was kind of the heartbeat that started. Like that's a fun. Like I when I was at uh, Building Gather this year, I can understand. Like that's a that would be a very fun city to ride mopeds in. Oh yeah, it it's a it's a hoot up there. Um, they got a nice downtown. Um, man, they got all kinds of, of places that are just kind of out of fiction. Um, the what is that bar called? The Pyramid Scheme. There are big name music acts that I want to see. That are willing to play in a pinball bar, and it blows my, it blows my mind. I don't I don't I don't know how they get that kind of draw. It's just like that the magic of being up there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, dude. I wish you know every every year you gotta make your choices of what you can go to. Um. I'm gonna be out your guys' way. I'm thinking sometime mid April to go get those uh to get that pook. And to bring some wheels to Noah. Um, yeah, I so 
I'll be back out seeing you guys in April sometime. Um, yeah, dude, I'm just excited for this moped season to happen. I'm excited for the snow to fucking stop. Um, <laughs> it was great having you on Second Chance Moped Podcast. Uh, don't forget, everybody, like, listen, subscribe. Thank you for all the donations this year. Um, as I'm just kind of saying that before I forget. I feel like half the time I forget on wrapping up. I can't thank you and Alexis enough for uh, your hospitality during uh, the swap meet. Loved it. Like, loved your toy room, dude. That was fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> never knocking, dude. Uh, you're, but, dude, <laughs> I say <laughs> never knocking. Um, but no, dude, that was a trip. You guys had that chow, and like now I'm running into another chow just like yours all the time. It's fucking, and I hadn't seen one for 20 years. Uh, it's funny the the picture you sent me of that chow. He looks just like Danzig. Yeah, and it's fucking. It was like what the like. Yeah, it was a trip. Um, so how about you? Like, what are you building any bikes this year? Are you got any builds? Or are you just kind of upkeep and stuff? So I've got some. I've got some semi builds. Uh, I'm working on a dual variated chow that I have most of the the pieces for. Um, I have a Crydler that I'm forever monkeying with. Uh, just this past month, I've put a 15 a mall on it i had to lay down some nylon at earth and make or at, at earth jesus christ at work and make some shims for it uh so it would fit right um i have a track that's got an m56 uh batavis motor on it i'm swapping out for a v1 um i think that's oh and i i bought a uh Seca an 81 Seca GS 550 this this past year from Joe Kalunga so I'm just kind of in my paces of going through that and making sure everything's solid on it uh for a motorcycle trip later this year nice dude um yeah dude I can't wait to check some of that out uh I'm interested in that dual variated show um I know the later years they had some um yeah, dude, I'm just, I'm tired and I'm excited and all that good stuff. Um, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, I was going to ask you something else. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's always, it's always good seeing you guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, Um, I can't, like I said, can't thank you enough, dude. Um, and don't forget, Reno, mopeds are dumb. Later. Bye. How could I forget? <laughs> <laughs> all right, dude. Talk to you. All right.